Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. I am Ross Hillier, your host. Today we're diving in another solo show. I wanted to follow up last week's solo episode all about breath with kind of the natural segue that is the conversation that takes place after I talk breath with someone because we often allude to this topic when we're talking about breath and the different ways that your breath can manipulate your state like we talked about last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's solo show all about breath, go back and listen to that first before you listen to today because it's going to tie in a lot to what we're going to talk about today. And the topic today is the cold. Uh, It's something that has been one of the more profound training implements, you could say, or training experiences or training modalities, just overall health, wellness, everything. It's it's one of the more profound things that I have encountered in health and wellness in the last maybe decade. Uh, and I, like again, I mentioned last week in the solo episode, I got into the breath work around 2014. Uh, and I came across Wim Hof, which is where that came in. And and if you're talking about breath with Wim Hof, you're also talking about cold exposure and the ice with Wim Hof. And so that was really my first foray into a lot of what cold exposure even is and why it's so important and why it can be so helpful in a health standpoint. And so I really wanted to dive into that in this episode a little bit and give you some hows and whys and and a couple of protocols to take away to begin implementing cold exposure into your daily practice and how beneficial it can be for you. So before we get into all that, you already know what I'm going to go over. If you haven't done so yet, please go like, rate, subscribe, review, give five stars, wherever you're listening to podcasts, Apple Podcasts has most of those features. If not, just hit the subscribe button helps the show grow. It really does. And and I really appreciate the growth of the show in the last few weeks based on you guys doing exactly that. So thank you again. So 
without further ado, let's dive into the cold. So what we know on a physiological level is that there are systems and processes in our body that are only activated when exposed to extreme cold temperatures. Okay, there are proteins and enzymes that help to stave off disease and sickness uh, that lie dormant in our body while we live in these, you know, kind of comfortable lives of always being in 70 degree houses and climate controlled cars and climate controlled offices. And these things help build our immune system. They make us stronger and more resilient humans in the process. And luckily, we can create the conditions necessary to facilitate these reactions without having to go full Henry David throw and live in the wilderness by yourself for seven years, right? We don't need to be that extreme about it. However, by utilizing the practices outlined uh, in this episode, what we're going to talk about, you can get more in touch with this sort of more primal and, and really ancient part of our shared physiology that we all have as humans. Uh, author Scott, Scott Carney, who wrote the book, What Doesn't Kill Us, fantastic book. It's one of the few books I've read multiple times in the last couple of years. Uh, I recommend you go get it. But he has an excerpt that I'll read from uh, that is is just really brilliant. And so it goes as follows. Muscles, organs, nerves, fat tissue, and hormones all respond and change because of input they get from the outside world. Critically, some external signals set off a cascade of physiological responses that skip the conscious parts of our brains and connect to a place that controls a wellspring of hidden physical reactions called collectively fight or flight response. A person actually has to get uncomfortable and experience that frigid cold if they want to initiate those systems. And so that gives you a little bit of foray into what we're about to really get into. So where to begin? Uh, this is the, you know, the ultimate question, where to begin? And to start where to begin, I like to go back a little bit and, and talk a little bit more about Wim uh, and his influence. So if you were to really pursue or peruse health-centered social media accounts in the last few years, you probably have seen Wim, uh, you know, he's a gray-haired Dutch guy, you know, in his 60s, climbing mountains in his underwear and giving speeches on stage, submerged in a tank of ice. Like, he's kind of hard to miss. He's pretty much been on all the big podcasts and shows in the last few years. He's been on uh, Tim Ferriss. He's been on Rogan. He's been on, you know, the Today Show. He's done all these things. Uh, and he's really made a name for himself. And this is Wim Hof. And he's really one of the main teachers and influencers that began to bring breath work and cold exposure to the mainstream. Now, keep in mind, this is a practice that has been around for thousands of years, right? It's not new. Uh, and But he's really the one that has brought it mainstream fitness in the last decade. Wim has been training and building his body and his internal systems for decades to handle the types of things that he does. And while the things that he does are definitely possible, if you're brand new to cold training, I'd advise you to maybe skip the half-naked summit hikes of Mount Kilimanjaro. You know, maybe start with some cold showers, which we're going to outline here in a little bit. But keep in mind that Wim has been doing this for decades. So some of the things that you see him doing, uh, not directly applicable to somebody just starting out right away. Uh, one important thing to remember when starting out with cold practice is that you can always go colder. Okay, I recommend the temperature of water you get in is cold enough to make you uncomfortable. And that can be a varying amount of degrees for a lot of people. Okay, we want this to become something that we enjoy and make routine. So if you crank it so cold that you hate the experience, you, you're likely not going to continue doing it. Okay. 
My favorite way to teach cold training is to start with a 30-day cold shower challenge. Uh, Wim and many other coaches that I follow use this method to gradually adapt people to the cold. Uh, and I think it's a great practice because it's the most easily accessible for everyone. You know, everyone's got a shower, uh, you know, for the most part and, and, and ways to crank it cold in the shower. So that's why we start there. It's because it's, it's the low-hanging fruit. We can all adapt this into our practice with something that's already in our homes. So I want to dive into the 30-day cold shower challenge because it's a great starting point. And I'm going to outline exactly how this is going to go for 30 days. So if you've got notebooks and pads ready, uh, be ready to write this stuff down. So this is pretty self-explanatory, but we're going to outline the 30-day cold shower challenge uh, and how to put that in your daily routine. After this period of time, we'll dive into the different submersion methods that are really the ideal way to practice cold training, but understanding that this is where I like to start a lot of people. So it's broken up into three sections, days 1 through 10, days 11 through 20, and days 21 through 30. So days 1 through 10, you're going to do a 60-second cold shower to start or end your day. No days off here. You're going to do it 10 days in a row, 60 seconds in the cold. Uh, you can go 60 seconds straight or, you know, the Tabata method, which is 20 seconds in the cold, 10 seconds out, and you'll do that for three rounds. So days one through 10, to, re to, to say this again, 60 second cold shower to start the day or to end the day. No days off here. Okay, you're going to do this all every day for five days or for 10 days, excuse me. You can go 60 seconds straight. And if you want to go this route, uh, uh, it's called the James Bond shower. Uh, do your normal shower, warm water like you normally would. And then you're going to crank it cold for the last 60 seconds before you get out. You're going to always end on cold. You're never going to get out of the shower on hot water. Okay, so you can do, uh, if you do the Tabata method, it's just going to be 20 seconds in, 10 seconds off for three rounds. And then I'll just throw an extra 20 seconds at the very end in the cold. So I end on cold. Okay, so that's days one through 10. Days 11 through 20, you're going to bump up that time to two to three minutes cold showers to start or end your day, okay? You can change up the Tabata style if you want to go 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off in this phase, that's fine. Uh, you're going to take day 14 off. You know, you don't have to, but, you know, if we're going to program it in here, you can take day 14 off. So write that down. Uh, again, to wrap to days 11 through 20, two to three minutes cold showers to start or end your day. So it's either going to be the first thing you do or the last thing you do before you go to bed. You can change up the style. If you're at Tabata, you can do 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off instead of 20 and 10. Uh, and then take day 14 off. Days 21 through 30, the final phase, you're going to bump up to five minute cold showers to start and end your day. By this point, this should be pretty easy. So you're going to stick with this. You're going to go every day, 21 through 30. And that's it. That's that's the whole process. So really, you're only getting one day off in the whole 30 days from the cold shower. But by the last week and a half, you are five minutes in and it's piece of cake by now. This is a great process to get started in cold training. And it's and it's why it's I like to have something this accessible for people uh, when we're starting out. So next, I want to kind of take the next step and begin to look at some of the submersion methods, which are maybe the ones that you've probably seen more on Instagram because they make really good Instagram pictures, right? You've likely seen people sitting in horse trough tubs of ice or converted chest freezers to do this submersion exposure training, which, you know, I have one. Mine is a chest freezer that I've converted. Uh, you could also just go find a cold body of natural water, a river, a stream or whatever, and just dive right in. All are acceptable methods, uh, but this is where I'm going to outline where to start, and then my preferred way of doing it. So we'll start with the cold tub. 
You can find most of these online or at like most farm stores like Tractor Supply or even like places like Home Depot. They're just the big Rubbermaid tubs, you know, 100 gallons uh, capacity. Uh, it's, a, it's a great starting point. Benefits of this, it's easy to use. They're relatively cheap. You know, you can get a 100 gallon trough for like 150 bucks or maybe even less than that if you buy one on Amazon or whatever. Uh, it's got to be big enough for you to sit in. It's got to be big enough for you to sit in where the water is going to come up to your neck. Okay, so it's got to be big enough to be able to handle that. Uh, the drawbacks here is every time you got to use it, you have to buy ice to put in there. And ice, you, you need a good amount of ice to get it to the temperature that we're talking about. Roughly 20 to 50 pounds of ice per soak. Uh, that can add up. Ice can, that, that cost of that ice can add up. You know, ice isn't super expensive, but if you're doing it a few times a week, 20 to 50 pounds ice per time, like that's gonna, that's gonna add up eventually. And sometimes that's just not in the budget. So, um, if you're able to do it that way, uh, that's a really great way of doing it. The, the next method is the chest freezer, converted chest freezer, which is the way that I prefer to do it and the way that I have done it for a couple of years now. Um, you can get these chest freezers. I mean, it's a, an appliance. So you can go any big box store, uh, any appliance store and, and get a brand new one, which it's going to be more expensive. That's one of the drawbacks. You know, it could be anywhere from three to $500 for a new one that's big enough to, for you to sit in. Uh, or you can search Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. I got, I got pretty lucky. Uh, I found mine on Craigslist. You know, it's not in the best shape, but it works. But I found mine on Craigslist uh, from a guy who was moving, an older gentleman in my neighborhood and just literally wanted to get rid of it. He wasn't taking it with him. So he charged me 20 bucks for it. That probably isn't going to be the case for most of you, but that was a very lucky, uh, and it's 17 cubic feet. So it's pretty big. Um, and so most of us will end up paying a little bit more than that, but understand you can find them for cheap and maybe there is a great deal on marketplace. Somebody just wanting to get rid of one. So the benefits of this is you don't have to buy ice. Uh, you can, the way that you convert this, uh, there's a couple of different ways I'll outline. Um, First thing you're going to want to do is take waterproof sealant caulking and line all of the seams inside of the freezer. This is going to, you know, they're they're fairly waterproof by nature, but this is just going to be doubly sure that there's not going to be any leakage uh, when you start filling this thing up with water. Um, the next thing that I like to do, you don't have to do it, but I uh, I buy a timer that plugs in, which you would work for like a, you'd plug into like a sprinkler box or something like that, or like Christmas lights, for example, uh, where it's got a photo, photo sensitive timer apparatus on it. So you can set it to run like two hours or four hours or six hours every night once it gets dark and it'll register when it's dark. And so it'll kick the thing on. Once you get it to temperature, it'll probably take about a day or so of it being plugged in constantly to get to the temperature that we need. But then after that, you want to make sure that it's not on all the time. Otherwise, you're going to freeze into a giant two-ton block of ice inside your freezer and it'll bust and it'll break and maybe the freezer will explode, right? Because <laughs> water expands when it freezes. So once it gets to that temperature that you want, I would recommend getting one of those timers so that way you can just sit for two to four hours and it'll kick on for just a few hours every night and it'll keep it at that temperature which is one of the really great benefits. You don't have to buy ice. The temperature is constant. Uh, what I like to do also is I'll, in, I'll add in about five to 10 pounds of Epsom salt, a couple drops of some essential oils, kind of really make it a more pleasant experience uh, to, to sit and soak in. Uh, the drawbacks obviously can be costly up front, especially if you go new, uh, but really that's it. I th and, and then disclaimer, I have to say this every time, uh, 
if you're if you're getting into a chest freezer that has been been converted, make sure you unplug the freezer before you get in the freezer. Uh, you know, I just have to make sure I say that because you know you don't want to get into a body of water that's plugged into an electrical outlet, right? Just for a myriad of reasons, shouldn't really have to say that, but that, there's your disclaimer. Okay, so now that we've got whatever submersion tank we have or, or tub or whatever it is, it's time to roll. So there's a breathwork practice that I teach prior to getting in the cold that will help prep your system and engage that parasympath- parasympathetic side of your nervous system that we talked about last week. This is important to relax your mind and realize that the quote unquote pain you feel is really all in your, all in your fear of how you imagine the cold to be. Okay. When you fear pain, you create tension in your body and ultimately create exactly the outcome that you wanted to avoid. Okay. I've used many protocols of breathwork over the years, uh, but these three that I'm going to outline are the most used. And we've talked about a couple of these already. Uh, but the other ones that I've gotten, I, I got from Coach Joe Stefano, who was on the podcast just very recently last, uh, I believe, when about the time of recording this was just last week. Uh, so go back and listen to the one with Coach Joe Stefano. It was an awesome episode. Uh, but these two of these three I, I got from him, and they're very helpful. So the first one is simply to breathe slowly through your nose for two to three minutes. Deep inhales and exhales, really slow your breathing down, pull air into the lower part of your lungs like we talked about last week, okay? You're just gonna do this two to three minutes. Very big inhales, deep exhales. That's one protocol. Just do this for two to three minutes, calm yourself down and then get in the ice, okay? If you want another one, number two is two to three rounds. You're going to do 10 breath cycles of a nostril nasal inhale followed by a prolonged exhale hum. You're going to hum your exhale out. On the 10th and final exhale of each round, hold your air for as long as you reasonably can without passing out, right? You're going to have that reflex that's going to make you gasp, right? Most are ready for the cold when this happens. However, you may also want to incorporate the following to really zen yourself out or break through any mental barriers during this process. So what that's going to look like is you're going to do 10 breath cycles of, again, just to wrap up, nostril inhale followed by a prolonged exhale hum. So you're going to big inhale through your nose. And then you're going to continue to do that until you're out of breath. So you'll be able to hum your exhales a lot longer than you will be able to just exhale them out normally through your nose or through your mouth. So you're going to do 10 breath cycles, two to three rounds of that, then get in the ice. The third is 30 breath cycles of inhales and exhales while either lying on your back using knee tucks to really force the full exhales. So as you're uh, exhaling, think of rolling your knees up towards your chest like you're going to squeeze the air out of your body like a toothpaste tube rolling up from the bottom, right? That's how you're going to force your exhales out. Or you can perform like a wood chopping motion with clenched fists, inhaling up, exhaling down, uh, and then... Like if you imagine wood chopping, you're going to inhale on the way up, exhale on the way down as you're chopping. 30 breath cycles of that fairly forcefully. By the time you're done with that, you're going to be ready to hop in the ice. So those are the three breath protocols uh, that I like to do. One of them usually before each time I get into the ice. So excuse me if I sound a little sick. It's not anything serious. It's just allergy season is wrecking me right now. So the next part of this is the the often most question I get asked is how long do I stay in? 
Okay, so there are many answers, but the most generic is to shoot for a minimum of three minutes, no matter the temperature. That's where kind of the sweet spot is. After that, stay in until you begin to get uncomfortable, uh, maybe even to the point where you're shivering, but then get out, okay? Uh, so there's kind of a little bit of a math equation. At 38 degrees, three minutes is often enough. Uh, 45 to 50 degrees, shoot for five to six minutes, ideally working towards 10 minutes submerged at that temperature. Uh, remember that the first minute is always going to be the most painful, you know, quote unquote painful, right? So slow your breathing, bring all of your focus back to breathing through your nose deeply. That is going to help you to stay calm in the ice. Okay. Another trick is to enter the water on an exhale. This is another tip I got from uh, Coach Joe. Your first inhalation in the cold will dictate the rest of your experience. If you get in holding tension, as we do on an inhale, your first breath will always be a stressed, gaping mouth breath, which often leads to a very negative experience in the cold. So do your best to work as quickly toward nasal breathing, nasal only breathing as possible. Really focus to clear your mind, focus on the rhythm of the air moving through your body and, and really just focus on being at peace when you're in that really intense situation. The quicker you can get to nasal breathing only in and out, the more enjoyable the experience is going to be. Okay. So now that we've talked about all this, I'm just going to give you a bullet point list of all of the benefits that comes along with cold training and cold exposure. And these are things that have been shown through various studies, uh, increasing hormone levels, improving sexual performance, fertility, lowering blood sugar, cutting food cravings, improving adrenal function, fixing thyroid issues, enhancing immune function, improving sleep quality, increasing pain tolerance, reducing inflammation. Now, like all of these things are good enough reasons to start cold training, in my opinion. But the number one reason that I practice it and teach it is the mental benefit we get from learning how to shift our state of mind and being and adapt to extreme stress. Okay, this ability will carry you in any walk of life. If you know that you can control your response to frigid, icy water by slowing down your breath and quieting your mind, there are few things in this world that you can't perform that same method of mitigation for. Okay. And in a society that is constantly, chronically stressed, you'll be able to adapt and overcome. So that really is kind of the wrap up. So cold training coupled with breath work, breath work has been one of the most beneficial practices I've added into my health routine in the last decade, right? I'm stronger mentally, emotionally, physically, even because of just this practice. I believe like so much in this practice that I know if you follow just the, the things that we outlined in this episode, you're going to have some positive experience with it. So I would really love if you'd share your experience. Uh, you can DM me on Instagram at Coach Ross Hill. You can send me an email, coachross at nomad-strength.com. Uh, even if you take like some op awesome pictures of you sitting in your in your ice tank or whatever it is in your new one, send them to me. I want to share that stuff and, and celebrate and like move this practice out to the masses even more than it already is because I know how beneficial it's been for me. So that's it for this episode. If you've got any more questions, like I said, use those means to reach out to me. I would love to talk to you more about implementing this and how you can do it in a bunch of different ways. But this was a very basic way to introduce cold exposure training. So I hope you got something out of it. Thanks again for listening. And I'll catch you guys on the next interview show on Monday. Have a good weekend, y'all. I'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.